everybody. This is Bitches to Mom on this podcast. My name is Vaselina and I'm here with my friends Adrian and Stephanie. Hello. Hi. And we have our sound guy, Robert. Big thanks to him for helping us with this podcast. And today we're going to talk about our first trip together, which happened back in 2017. And it was a hike to Blood Mountain in Georgia. And we also visited the Sota Falls. But goal of the trip was actually to go see the solar eclipse, which happened on, I think it was Labor Day weekend, if I remember correctly. It was either... It was August the 20th. Oh yeah, 21st of August. We went to see the solar eclipse which uh, happened on the August 21st. I don't remember which one of us has suggested it. Me. I wanted to go to the totality zone and we had to drive eight hours to get there. Yeah, well, it, so was, far. it was eight hours, but the actual driving was longer than that because we didn't account for planet traffic. But we'll talk about it in a minute because first I want to talk about how we were planning this trip. Rather. By which we, she means she, she planned it. I like planning and I, she think, does. I think this is why this uh, whole social distancing and COVID-19 situation is so difficult for me is because I live in anticipation. I very rarely live in like current moment. Living in the future. Yeah, I live in the future mostly. I like planning. I like looking forward to things and... I like how Adrian is just kind of looking side to side. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of like just kind of live by the moment person. Yeah, I just go with (laughs) I exist and we'll see what happens. No, I'm fine with other people (laughs) just going along for the ride. But I like planning because it's a special kind of fun for me because I get to plan, I get to think about different scenarios. Sometimes I get to frustrate myself and uh, get really depressed. (laughs) When I try to plan, I just get anxiety because I go into the what ifs and then I fall down a rabbit hole and it dark. I just put everything together and hope it works out. I actually like that approach better. I try to be reasonable about my planning and not be a smart Elsa. I don't know if you guys know the story about smart Elsa. What? There's this German folk story about this girl who was really smart. She had this uh, reputation of being really smart in her village and she had a fiance Hans and one day he came over to visit and Elsa's parents were like hey Elsa go down to the cellar and get some wine for your fiance so she goes down to the cellar and she sees there's an axe stuck in the like ceiling beam what? and uh, <laughs> she looks at the axe and she's like okay well Hans and I are gonna get married and we'll have a beautiful son and one day we'll be celebrating Easter and we'll ask our beautiful son hey go down to the cellar and get some wine, he'll go down to a cellar and this axe will uh, fall out of the ceiling beam and kill him and oh my god our beautiful son died. So Were she they just, just storing an axe in a ceiling beam? So she <laughs> starts crying. Are they already planning their murder of their <laughs> child <laughs> before he was even born? So she starts crying. <laughs> she starts crying and her parents send like a servant girl to uh, help her to see what's going on and the servant girl was like, Elsa, why are you crying? Elsa tells her this whole thing is like, you know, like we're gonna have a son and the axe will kill him. So the servant girl sits next to her and starts crying too. So her mother goes down and the thing repeats. They tell her the story and... What <laughs> and is the moral so of the story? The Elsa and the servant girl and the mother all sit there and cry and then Hans, the fiancé, comes down to see what's going on and they're like, oh, you know, we're gonna get married and we'll have a beautiful son and this axe will fall out of the ceiling beam and uh, kill him and Hans is like 
raises his arm, takes the axe out of the ceiling beam. Problem solved. To be fair, that would be a situation where I would probably be Hans. I would just be like, sorry, that doesn't belong there. How about we move the hazard? Why are you storing an axe in a ceiling beam? Basically, Vaselina is Hans in the story because she's taking the axe out. Meanwhile, we're just like, oh, I'll just see what happens. Sometimes I'm Elsa. When I plan, I just uh, over plan and I'm like, oh my God, it's all gonna go awful. But anyways, going back to the trip. (laughs) Awkward. Uh, We're gonna cut this out, aren't we? (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I think it's good to talk about our anxieties. Especially during this tough Uh, time. So I need to not be smart Elsa with the Appalachian Trail. Absolutely. Got it. You need to be hands. That is really hard to resist. So, Adrian suggested the trip. We got together and we discussed where we wanna go and I I looked at the map of the US and I looked at the map of the solar eclipse with the center line and I saw that there is this town of Dillard, Georgia, which is right south of the South Carolina border. I was like, huh, this is a tiny little town and it's straight on the center line. By, by that time, I think I already looked up Airbnbs like in different cities on the center line. And I think Charleston was they on the center were line. Expensive. Yeah, they yeah. had like Airbnbs running for like $500 a night. And That's I'm, because like, people were jacking up the prices for the eclipse. Yeah, I, I mean. I would like to go to Charleston one of those days because I heard it's a cool place, but not for $500 a night for an Airbnb. It's nice because it's close. It's like three hours away from here. It's right north of Savannah. Oh, okay. So I, was, I was thinking it was like three, three hours is a day trip. Yeah, it's, it could be a day trip because you drive past Savannah and then like an hour more and then you're in Charleston. Neat. Uh, but that wasn't an option. So I was like, you know what? We'll just drive for eight hours and get to Dillard. You know, three um, hours, eight hours, same thing. We'll just make a longer trip and we'll have some other fun, which was... Blood Mountain and the Soda Trails. And when I was playing, I actually found an Airbnb about an hour and a half away from Dillard in Cleveland, Georgia. Uh, it turned out that Airbnb was actually on one of the like prominent mountains in Georgia as well, which is Yona Mountain. But we didn't realize that until after. It turns out that mountain actually has hiking trails too, which we were not aware of. I used the um, AtlantaTrails.com, I think. There's a website for Atlanta Trails and it has really good information, it has really good maps. And one thing I did, I printed out the maps from that website and they also have detailed uh, trail descriptions, which is really good. Uh, They basically go step by step. They're like, you turn here, then you see that, and then you get on top of the mountain and you see the shelter. It's actually pretty good. So one of of the things that we found out on the way to the Airbnb is our service went out, our phone service. So having Vaselina print out those directions was really helpful because we probably wouldn't have been able to find the airbnb oh yeah otherwise whereas i don't even bother looking at the directions i just remember our our service just went direct us Well, also, it wasn't, it was kind of like off-road, like, I think. Yes, yes, it was. Yeah, so the, there was a couple things that contributed to the confusion. First thing was that we didn't account for Atlanta traffic, which I heard about, never experienced. One of the things why I still think about this trip, it, it was so good for me, is when we were on I-75 getting closer to Atlanta, you know, that spot where you just go past Macon and you see the mountains for the first time. For me, it was like the first time I saw the mountains in five years since I left Same Russia. Here. <laughs> yeah, because I come from a region that has like kind of foothills, kind of like the Appalachian foothills. But I've been living in Florida and I haven't seen anything by the, but the swamp for like five years. 
and we go north and it was my first time in that area near Atlanta and I'm like oh my god mountains um I grew up in Florida most of my life the first time I saw mountains was being in like Colorado or something so but that been that was like 10 years and then in an airplane for like a work trip so I had my face like up against the back car window and then I kept annoying them like oh my god do you do you guys see the mountains there's mountains over there there's more I guess kept taking pictures and video the entire time it was really funny it was like being a little kid (laughs) which I thought was the best thing I'm from PA so I'm used to mountains and I try to go back at least every other year if not every year yeah so you actually see them every year even though you live in Florida I try to make a point too mountains are my home I wish I lived closer to mountains because mountains are amazing. Although I don't know how to drive in the mountains because I never had to because I don't have to, to drive in Florida. It's fine. Make sure you use low gear. <laughs> to which is something I had to ask my mom. I was like, "What is it when it's with a sign that says use a low gear in the mountains? What is that?" To which she was like, "That's the L on your shift on the car." I'm like, "Oh, that's what that's for." Well, you're actually really good using it. A little so bit of practice. Don't I'm- need that in Florida. I'm actually glad that you usually drive in because you actually know how to drive in the mountains. Despite the fact that I really don't have a car that's good for me. Going back to our drive up to Cleveland, Georgia, first we got stuck in traffic around Atlanta, which is always awful. Uh, And the gentleman who who was our Airbnb Airbnb host, he was really nice. He's uh, given us really good instructions. And he was like, when we chatted with him on the app, he insisted that we need to arrive before the sun goes down. It was good I, advice that we um, unintentionally failed to follow. I was keeping keep in contact with him and I was like, hey, like, we kind of stuck around Atlanta in the traffic. I will let you know when we're close. And he's like, well, here's the instructions. You go left and then there's a tiny road near the mailbox. And then you go right immediately near the pond and uh, you'll see the cabin. I'm like, great. So we get close to the cabin. And I'm like, hey, in the description it says that there is like a fire pit. Let's go get some firewood. And this is how we end up at the most amazing Shell gas station in Georgia. Yeah, I think I'll pass on going back to that gas station ever again. (laughs) So the first thing that you see when you walk in is a glass cabinet. with Giant um, glass cabinet. Borderline uh, crack pipes. Yeah, and it was... It said a, ni- a nice young lady with booty shorts. We've been stuck in the Atlanta traffic for so long. We're like, you know what? Let's just push through, get to the cabin. And then we're like, okay, we're going to this gas station. Might as well use the bathroom. Yeah. So- or a combo when you're... <laughs> Still don't, still don't in that area of Georgia. One. Yeah, we walk in and uh, we're like, where is the bathroom? And this uh, older gentleman is like, oh, you mean a comboat? The what? <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> yeah, but sure. that, that combo is our, our yelp back there yonder. And you're like, okay. And he pulls out the key, a tiny key attached to a giant metal pipe. <laughs> I forgot about that. And he leads us around the side of the building. Yeah, and we're like, are we gonna survive this? Is that he the like slaughterhouse hit, or he like hits, hits you, hits you with the pipe, and you're never seen again? And he locks you in the room with the key. But he led us to the bathroom. What did they have for uh, the air freshener? Yeah, the used air. coffee grounds from the gas station coffee. Yeah, and he uh, actually gave us some explanation for why they use it, how it's good for the environment or something. I, don't I mean, to be fair, it didn't ex- stink in there. So I don't it think the, the toilet accepted number two. It was just that said use number one or something. It had some special instructions. There were some instructions. 
Yeah, I don't remember them. I think you also weren't supposed to flush the toilet paper. Yeah, I think it was that. Which, I mean, I had 10 days of not flushing toilet paper in Haiti, so it's fine. Anyway, so once we got our firewood, we were like, okay, now let's go see about that cabin. So we went back and we found the turn. Dirt road. Dirt road. Mailboxes. No street lights, no nothing. Straight up a mountain. The instructions that the Airbnb host gave us were actually really good because they were absolutely correct. Oh yeah, no, the directions were spot on. But he didn't warn us that the road that we returned right from after the mailboxes goes straight up. So I'm just gonna say, I do not have a four-wheel drive. My yeah. car struggled on that road. It is a little Nissan, well, Nissan, a Versa, Nissan Note. Versa Note, little hatchback. Yeah, it's yeah. not, it's made for in-town driving, not mountain climbing. Oh. Yeah. We were in complete darkness. We also didn't see where we were going. I had my high beams on. Yeah, and then we finally got to a cabin. We're like, okay, it's here. The instructions were good. We made it. I like messaged the... The instructions also recommended that you back into the parking. Wasn't yeah. the road just like a one lane type of thing? Yes. It was, yes. Narrow? It was a one lane road. Yes, it was a narrow one lane road that was very steep. And the instructions were to back into the parking area. And I was just like... Uh, this probably not nope. <laughs> I think the first night I pulled, I just pulled directly up to the cabin. We just parked there. Oh, it was pitch black at that point. Yeah. So. <laughs> and it was also kind of late because we arrived. It was like 8 p.m. or something like it that. It was dark. And we've been driving all day, so we were really tired. The inside of the cabin was very eclectic. eclectic. <laughs> <laughs> it was something. I liked it. Prized possessions of interesting uh, decor. The sleeping arrangements could have been better because it was like one bed and uh, two couches, which my couch wasn't super comfortable. To be fair, if you slept in the bed, you had all of wilderness to see and to see you. Oh, do you have like a giant window? Yeah, a giant window with no curtain. With a bunch of eyes looking back at you as in several hundred spiders. Yeah, it's fine. (laughs) Staring back at you in the middle of the night. I kept waking up in the middle of the night, like expecting to see a bear outside the window. I was like, I don't like this. Yeah, it was very secluded and it was on the mountain and there was no sounds except for nature. Which was cool and you would think it would be peaceful until you went to try to take a shower, which the shower stall was outside-ish. You had to go... It was outside. You had to go outside to go into the shower stall. Oh yeah, that's right. To which I honestly was terrified to be in there because I was like I feel like an animal in a trap and if a bear came by <laughs> it's just I was sitting duck it's great I don't you, like you this. were a washing duck yes I would have been a very clean a washing duck <laughs> very clean bear bait I kept hearing like like wrestling or something and remember hearing the leaves and stuff and we kept oh, thinking, yeah yeah we kept thinking a bear was coming and we're just kind of <laughs> like was there something just walking around and probably so we decided to go start the fire because there, there was a fire pit and we had firewood. Yeah, that, Except, that, um, that endeavor was... Uh, we eventually got it. Well, we had to find the YouTube video. <laughs> and yeah. good thing that the cabin had Wi-Fi because there was no reception. I was no. brought up in the Girl Scouts and I still had to find a YouTube video to figure out how to light a fire. <laughs> I've lighted the fire. Did, didn't before. we try? Did we try paper and everything? And it was like yes. wet. We were well, like... the paper was wet. We had no fire starter. We were scrambling around to get like the smaller twigs and stuff. Yes. And there were spiders everywhere. Yeah. And you, it was dark, and I didn't want to touch. You would point your uh, little flashlight on my phone, and thousands of spiders. So, thousands of spiders just like like. Yeah, scattered out yeah. in different directions. Yeah, I was like, did we go into the Forbidden Forest? Is Aragog gonna come out? And then you would see your know, glowing eyes and your like peripheral vision and then turn there and there would be nothing. And then you're like, I didn't want this fire to start. <laughs> 
It's like, can we get this fire going now? Yeah, it took us about an hour, I think, to start a fire. It did. But... Once it was going, it was good. Yeah, once we managed to do it, it was actually fine. That first night there was interesting because... That was an adventure. That all was of it like, its own. Getting there was an adventure. Just a drive and a climb up the mountain on that like, very steep driveway. And this was our first big trip like that together. In the morning, though, it turned out that the cabin in the daylight was way more fun and interesting because there was this giant deck. You can walk and see the woods, and the woods weren't as scary in the morning. It looked a lot be- like more beautiful like during the day and not at night when there's you can't see anything and you you can about to be attacked by a bear. <laughs> it was very creepy during the night. Like the first night, I I don't think it was as, it felt as creepy the second night. Yeah, because we were kind of used to it after the first night. Yeah, we got over the jitters. But yeah, being up in that cabin was so it felt isolated. You're like literally anything could happen and no one would know. Yeah, I wonder if it's still listed on Airbnb. Probably because I kind of want to stay there again. That was a cool cabin. <laughs> And we can just go on our history. I mean, the host left me a good review and I left him a good review because it was a cool place. The next morning, we headed out to Blood Mountain. And since we're talking about hiking prep, we weren't very well prepped. We were not. Not anticipating what hiking the mountains would be like. Apparently, it had been way too long and I've never done a trek up a mountain before. We didn't bring any trekking poles. We didn't own any trekking poles. We didn't own any trekking poles. I don't think we brought enough water either. No, I brought my day pack, which only holds two liters. Yeah. I Which my, uh, uh, I have since been laughed something. at for calling that a day pack. Yeah, that's just that little tiny that has that little like yes. place where you can put like maybe three liters of water. To be fair, I can make that thing hold four liters, but you're not getting any food or anything else in there if you do that. Yeah. Yeah. That was not a good pack. I had hiking boots by then because I had learned from a previous hiking trip, but even then, trekking poles would have been nice. I had the hiking shoes, but they didn't have like ankle support. They're decent shoes. I still have them. I need a new pair because I've I've had them since we first started hiking together. I had enough food. I didn't have enough water because by the end of that hike, I was feeling dehydrated. And I had my smaller day pack, which was also too small for me and wasn't sitting right on my shoulders. One thing that we didn't account for is when I was looking at the distance, I was thinking Florida miles, which are flat. Yeah. So a two-mile hike is fine, right? Yeah, it feels oh. like a five-mile hike in Florida with mountains going <laughs> uh, straight feels up. feels a heck of a lot worse than a five-mile yeah. hike. Imagine doing lunges the whole time while you're yeah. two and a half hours up a mountain. Yeah. We can talk about the hike itself in the next episode. I want to talk about getting there and another mistake that I made when playing. And I made that mistake several times after that. When you go in to a different region for a hiking trip and you're looking for an Airbnb or a hotel, look at where your trailhead is first and then book an Airbnb. Because yeah. Cleveland and Blood Mountain wasn't too bad. It was, uh, what, like 45-minute drive? It really wasn't bad. And it was kind of fun through the mountains. It, it was a fun drive, but we had to do it several it times. It It's something that I kind of... I think I'm getting better at, but I made that mistake during our next trip. I didn't make that mistake during last year's trip to Three Ridges. No, that one was pretty good. Another thing is when you rent a place to stay, think about, like, depending on how many people you have, sometimes a hotel is okay. You don't have to always go to an Airbnb. 
like sometimes yeah. price wise like hotel works better research the, the sleeping accommodations at your yeah. Airbnb it also depends on your group because like we're three girls we can rent a place with two beds and two of us share a bed so we're also three girls who go backpacking and have slept on the ground on a yeah. mat so you know but we can make do if we have to but I think accommodations we got on that trip like the, that cabin was really good and I think that's one of the things that inspired me to go on our future trips definitely because that trip turned out to be so good that I was always excited to go on like a longer trip with you guys. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up here for uh, the Blood Mountain and we'll continue in the next episode with the hike itself and the DeSoto Falls hike and the solar eclipse of course. So please uh, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify or whatever, wherever you listen to podcasts and if you have uh, something to say, let us know in the comments. And don't let the ticks bite. Happy trails. Happy trails. Happy trails.